pull over, lean in. It's time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time. Your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. Hello there, it's me. I think I said I wouldn't release an episode until the new year and... It's possible that was a lie. (laughs) It wasn't intentional. I just changed my mind. Um, So here's what happened. I went out and did some co-working in a coffee shop with a friend of mine. And she has decided that she is about to tackle a decluttering, I'm going to say a project in her home that she's known has been coming for a long time. She's been talking about it for a while. She knew that one day she was going to face this and do it and it wasn't quite the right time and the readiness was there and she let me know. And I nerded out entirely. I had to kind of, I mean, it probably didn't look like I was holding back, but I was holding back. I get very, very excited when people are doing clearing, decluttering in their home because it is a interest of mine. It has been a a journey of mine um, and a challenge of mine. I think anyone, <laughs> if it's been a something that you're really into, it's probably because you had a challenge that you overcame at some point around things, around belongings, about overconsumption, about organization. And it doesn't mean that you should have less than you have. It's if you know that it's in your way. No one gets to tell you that, right? If you look at artist studios, some of them are so wild and like more is more is more. And the artist or the scientist or whoever is like working in there, they want it like that. They need that kind of chaos um, is part of their creativity. It's not doesn't bother them. Other people, it's like if your desk is cluttered, you can't think and it's getting in the way of you doing work and you dread going into your studio, right? So only you can know um, if this is good or not, if you want to do this or not, right? So this isn't any, there's no shoulds. Let's, I'm, I'm brushing like dust off my non-existent shoulder pads of a also non-existent coat that I'm wearing, <laughs> Let's just take all the shoulds off our shoulders, okay? So this episode is basically, I was sitting with my friend and I had oodles to say. And then I was like, I'm not just going to flood this person <laughs> who has just made a very big decision. And it's, you know, her project. And um, I had a lot to say about it. She did ask for my advice, but I had an enormous amount. And I said, you know what? I am going to record an episode and that way you know, you can listen to it at your leisure (laughs) and pick and choose things in your own time. And I also know that, you know, this could be of great value to any of you, especially this time of year. There's, there's certain times of year where maybe it's more common to get the urge to do a clearing, to make a change. New Year's is one, spring cleaning, fall transitions, all that kind of stuff. And I won't get too deep into my story on this episode, 
But I will say that my journey, in quotes, <laughs> was over, has been and is continuing over many years. Um, it took a long time. There was waves. There was disruptions. Having a brain injury absolutely changed my relationship to my things and increased the challenge of this in my life. Um, and so also it helped me understand better about how, you know, accessibility is an enormous factor that a lot of self-help books just, you know, don't include, right? They might mention it in passing, but um, a lot of that stuff we kind of have to navigate around or make exceptions for um, because, you know, there's lots of assumptions being made about our mental state, our mental health, our physical abilities, um, whether or not we're caregivers. Like there's so many things where it's like, I love, I do, I was surprised to love Marie Kondo when her book was released, but I was also thinking like, at the time, like, you can't have, you don't have children. <laughs> you don't have an art studio. Like, there was certain things or like a chronic illness, you know. Um, There's certain th times where you can't just take every sweater you have and like put it in the living room on the floor, right? It's like, we get it. Okay. Um, And yet I did it at some point and it was so powerful. So off the top, I want to say, I'm going to give you 10 of my my the first things that came to mind of like crucial advice or my favorite takeaways from all of my learning from all of the books that I've read over the years and listened to over the years there'll be 10 big things I think could be really helpful they're not rules none of these are there's no supposed to there's no right way right so if you're someone who's like uh oh I just kind of want maybe like a daily habit of like I'll just do a um a declutter putter. I don't know if that's a term, but if I like it, I just <laughs> I just wrote it down before hopping on the mic. I, I'm going to use it all the time now. So if you just want a little daily declutter putter and you're just going to circulate the house for like 10, 15 minutes and do stuff, that's great. But that's not what I'm talking about. In this episode, I'm talking about when you have that feeling like my friend had, where there was something kind of looming, something that you know you wanted to do. You have this sense inside, no matter where you fall on the woo-woo spectrum, there's a feeling that this is about more than the stuff. There's a feeling that this is symbolic of change or that this is maybe clouding some change or that it's clogging some energy in your space and it feels important. It feels meaningful to you. So my perspective is I love this topic because um, I love things that have impact. So like a daily declutter putter will have an impact, sure. But I'm talking about before and after photo stuff. I'm talking, and that could be a before and after photo of one drawer. Okay, I'm not saying you have to do your whole house, your whole apartment, your whole room, right? Something really focused and satisfying. And I, of course, frame this in self-love and your relationship to yourself in the art of self-marriage there was a whole unit on creating the conditions so I like to think of myself often as a plant and thinking less about you know whenever I'm being critical of myself if I'm languishing in some kind of way not making it about the plant but about the conditions and where I'm planted right so it's like 
Do you need water? <laughs> Do you need sun? Are you a sh- plant that needs a lot of shade and you've been in a lot of sun lately? Like, how can you make the conditions so that you just are allowed to be the plant you are and thrive? And so one of the most obvious places I would look for this, of course, is my environment, my home environment. That's where I spend an enormous amount of time. And so me as a plant in this, if this is my greenhouse, I want this to be a place that is going to promote my growth, my well-being, my longevity, and my joy, right? So you and I may be very different plants. Keep that in mind. Give yourself all the permission to do this your way. Take what you like and donate the rest. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. So number one, these are not in any particular order, just what came up in my mind. Number one is choosing a focus area. You might be really excited about uh, just getting started. And I, these first few that I wrote down, please uh, consider trying them, okay? I think they make a huge difference um, in your satisfaction um, after the fact. Choosing a focus area is important. Depending on the living space that you're in, whether you share it or not, a container really helps you see the wins. It really helps you know when you've accomplished something. It really helps you. This is that difference between a declutter putter around the kitchen or like completely doing a read over. uh, Sorry, what did I just say? Probably nothing. (laughs) I think I just blurted a bunch of sounds. A redo over, a transformation. Okay. Your junk drawer. Say that's the one area. That's the one focus area. Imagine if you dumped it vacuumed it up. I'm picturing that scene in Amelie and organized things, decluttered things. And then you had a little grid of stuff where you were, you know, gonna, here's my tape measure. Here's my random pen. Here's a scrunchie. You could see all of it. Every time you open up the drawer, you're like, (gasps) right. That to me is so much more impactful than, you know, I, I passed through and I, I tossed a few things out there. They both have their roles. When you choose a focus area, You give yourself that gift of that feeling of like, oh God, I can feel the before and after. I can feel the freedom here. So what is that area? This also helps you be realistic around like, again, if you're a caregiver, um, depending on your living situation, I mean, you might be someone who wants to do the whole house and you start one room at a time. Um, It might be just a drawer. It might be a shelf. It might be your closet right? Which is the place that would have the most impact? That's what I would recommend. Because when you see, (laughs) when you know the one that's most challenging and you take that on first and you know it will have the biggest impact, trust this is going to expand and ripple out in other areas of your life, right? You want to have the biggest impact on your well-being. So, you know, closets are a big one for that, right? Choose your focus area. Decluttering is wild, depending on what you're starting with. Uh, if you're like me, it can get ex- very out of hand. Like I have, <laughs> I have some photos of mid decluttering at like 3am from years ago. And it's like, I can't even believe the chaos that <laughs> came vomiting out of closets and boxes, right? It can get out of hand. So when you choose a focus area that helps you corral. So like, let's say you're I'm going to do my closet and then you wander into the kitchen to make a snack and then you start emptying out the fridge. It's like 
just keep the chaos to one little spot, right? Give yourself like one at a spot, one at a time so that you can actually like see something completed. And also in the event that you don't, you, it's not something you can do in one sitting or one, you know, four hour whirlwind or however you're doing this. Um, you can put it away in various stages without too much disruption on the rest of your life. Because remember, create the conditions, right? For you to be living your life well and being supported by your environment, right? So you don't want to spread the chaos if it's not necessary. Focus on one area. Number two, what is your after vision? You do not have to make a Pinterest board. You do not have to make a vision board. Just think about it for a second and answer this question, okay? I want you to imagine the fantasy if you had the most success at this decluttering project and you were super, super fucking satisfied at the end, tell me about what that looks like. So let's say it's your closet. What does it look like at the end of this being done? Like done in a way that you're so proud. So maybe it might be like, oh, well, I would open up the door and it wouldn't be banging around <laughs> when I could actually close the door and open the door of this closet. Um, I would see my clothes all hanging or folded or however you would see it there. Would there be space between the hangers? Um, would it be organized by color if that's your thing? Would you know already that every single item in there fits you and makes you feel good or at least comfortable? Um are you a capsule wardrobe person? Maybe that's one of your goals, right? So it's like you imagine yourself getting dressed. Maybe there's a hamper there nearby. Like you have, it's like getting dressed is now easy. I know where everything goes. I have hangers like that match or that, you know, are not made of wire. Things are taken care of, whatever, whatever it is. You've got this vision of it so that you have a goal of like when you've got there, because We know that this is a chaotic process. It can be a very emotional process. It might be very tempting to go part of the way and go, this is enough. And you're still allowed to do that, right? But I want that vision for you of like, so that like when you pull over and say, this is enough, you can add the words for now, take a rest and then come back. I I need you to know that my decluttering, when I call it a journey, I don't really even know what to say. It's been over the course of years. I did this over the course of years. I did small things. I decluttered one box. I decluttered one drawer. Sometimes it was a room and then it would kind of go back and forth, but I didn't really reach the vision. And I'm still, there's still some tweaks that I need to get there, but I'm, I'm I'm just going to, okay, no. (laughs) I'm sure that people who love me and know me are listening and being like, Danette, your apartment looks amazing right now. It does. It does when I put it back together and I can actually put it back together now. Whereas before it was more of like a game of like hiding piles behind other piles and moving them from room to room if I had company. Okay. So having that vision is worth it. I want that for you. What does the after vision look like? What do you want from this space? If it's your kitchen, right? Do you be like, I want to walk in. I want my morning routine to be really set up. I want to be baking more. So I want these to be things to be accessible. Um, you know, what is it? How is it going to serve you in your life? Just take a moment to answer that question out loud. Um, probably should have said at the beginning, this whole episode full of excellent journal prompts, right? If you want to go, you don't have to, you can just think about it. 
You can just listen to me while you're decluttering. And I am so proud of you for doing it. But if you also want to go on a deep dive, like these are juicy questions. Okay. So number one, choose a focus area. Number two, imagine the fantasy of your after vision of what will happen at the end of this. Oh, one of mine was um, last year that I achieved was I have a young niece who I love very much, who's a wild and curious being. I wanted to be able to host her for a sleepover. I did not feel that I could have a young person here. <laughs> um, and, it, and I didn't feel like it would be safe. I didn't feel like it would be comfortable. I felt like I would be worried about certain things that were breakable, that were in the way. It wasn't really an accessible space to relax and host this lovely young creative child. Um, that was my vision and I did have that vision and we did have that sleepover and it was such a dream come true because I know in the years leading up to that, I just like, I wouldn't have had her over, right? So that was so exciting and rewarding. Something like that would be great. Um, this may not fit this next one, number three, but it's worth, it's worth asking the area that you've chosen, your focus area. Does it symbolize anything in your life or anything in your relationship to yourself? You know, it might not. It might be just that might not interest you. But this is a question that could sometimes deepen your sense of purpose. Provide some like, could invite some aha moments of some deep psychological interest <laughs> that can be really satisfying and exciting. Okay, so like if you're a homeowner and you have an attic or something, um, what do addicts symbolize if the house is a person? Is that like dreams? Is it subconscious? Is it like um, like a high up chakra? You know, like what is that part? How do you see that part of the house? The basement, um, you know, basements are often, if you have a basement, <laughs> underground, uh, maybe they don't get a lot of light. Often people will put things in the basement they don't want to deal with. What is that symbolizing in your life? How incredibly liberating would it be to feel and to know when you're upstairs in the living room that your basement is clean and organized and it's got a dehumidifier down there or whatever it needs to go that it's being taken care of. It's like it's like um, if you don't have like the whole house and you even just have the one room, the basement area might be under the bed, right? Like what's under there. Sometimes you have, I know a lot of books were saying, have nothing under your bed. It's like good energy. And that's nice. And also some people, that's just not an option for them. If you're living in a small apartment, if you're living in a shared home, that might be one of the only places for storage that you have. That doesn't mean that you're like, <laughs> you have to worry about your energy. I don't think. Um, but you know, can that be organized in a way that still has that nice feeling of peace, right? Um, basically, when you're asking what it symbolizes, it can help you um, motivate the process by thinking, what am I honoring by clearing out my closet? Am I honoring my acceptance and love of my relationship to my body by decluttering my closet? Like, what am I taking seriously now, right? What am I freeing up? What am I making space for? These are really great questions that can help you make this a more meaningful process. Number four, 
take a before picture take it right now take it at its messiest when you <laughs> when things explode <laughs> you know that messy phase before things start getting organized take photos trust me you will appreciate them later it will be so satisfying to see the before and after my before pictures blow my mind when because I've gotten used to living in the after and it's so awesome to see that you don't have to share them with anyone that's just for you but um often we can forget we start to declutter but it's like no no or we don't want to take a picture if it's so messy um because we're like oh this is so embarrassing but like no really take the most embarrassing photo (laughs) that you can possibly take um okay number five this is a big one And this was a huge challenge for me. And this is like, it's still a challenging thing. Like I don't, there's some of these items on the list where I'm like, yep, I'm good and clear. And this is a feel good thing. Number five, it's difficult um, because I'm talking about waste and I'm talking about garbage and I'm talking about guilt and perfectionism. So garbage guilt and the perfectionism that we can get into if we, of course, I'm assuming everyone who's listening cares about the planet, cares about consumption, cares about waste, wants to be a responsible citizen. Okay. I know this so well. And I also know what it's like to be so concerned about everything, finding the perfect home, everything being recycled to the best of my ability, everything going, you know, somewhere not going to waste or or being sold or something like that where it held me back for years and it created so much um, harm in my daily life, especially when the brain injury came. Um, I was suffering under this. And at some point, I had to loosen my grip on wanting to be the most perfect steward of belongings. I was treating everything like a baby kitten and trying to find it its forever home. I was like, but it, it didn't stop at just like, This is a great backpack. It would be really nice for, you know, someone who really needs a backpack to get this and use it for school. That's great. I'm then it starts to slip and it's like then I'm holding a whole bunch of twist ties from bread (laughs) and I can't throw them out and I'm standing in the kitchen and I'm panicking and getting stressed and then I'm like in a fog and I can't think and then I had to lay down like it can get to a point where you know, you don't want to get rid of anything. And then you start to get used to that. And then you're living, facing, you know, all of these things that you don't want to put out to waste in the world. But what does that mean about where you're living and your home? And also you are in the world, you are a creature in this world. This is obviously this is very difficult, right? Um, So I want you to like consider and I want to be really clear. This is not my way of life. I'm not just like throw everything out. Like I, I value this very much and I assume you do also. Okay. I'm not saying just throw anything out. And I forget where this was brought to my attention, but it was sort of like, I was worried about things like just going to a landfill as opposed to finding a home. And I remember, I wish I could remember the source, the idea of at some point, this will probably be landfill. So let's say I have a cool plastic item that I bought that was enjoyable, functional, and beautiful at the time. 
and I've had it for years and I don't like it and it doesn't fit anymore. Maybe there's a crack in it. Maybe it could be used for an art project. Artists, I know, right? That's like a whole other level of like, what could I make this into? <laughs> if you don't, if you have the storage space for this, that's not a problem, right? But if you don't, it can start to be a problem. So I'm like wanting to find homes for all this stuff. And it's like, even if someone came and saw, wow, I really see what you were <laughs> really enjoying in this weird plastic item you bought in like 1987. Um, and they give it a home for a while. If you zoom out far enough, that person will die. That person will need to move. That person will downsize. It's going to go somewhere else. At some point, this is a piece of plastic that's already on the planet. And it's going to end up where it ends up. This kind of thinking of like zooming out on the timeline was the thing that helped me start to let go. It was still very difficult, but I did throw out a lot of things that I had been holding on to for so long, so worried about giving them a good home. Um, with the brain injury, and perhaps you also have some kind of uh, condition that you manage, um, mine was affecting my vision <laughs> as well as just all the thinking and the feeling and the functioning, but vision was a huge part. So the more stuff around me was like draining every single day, my focus, my dizziness, my ability to move freely around the apartment, banging into things, um, short circuiting. Like if I, if I saw a pile of stuff that was bothersome before post brain injury, it would like short circuit me where I couldn't think and I couldn't function. Um, I couldn't afford to do this anymore. And so I had to get more serious about my own accessibility needs and face the fact that I had overconsumed. clearly, okay? Um, it wasn't like a free pass of saying everything's okay. Um, let this be an invitation. If this is speaking and resonating to you, let this be an invitation to, yeah, face your consumption habits. How did it get to be like this? Don't beat yourself up, but just do look at it, Right? Give yourself permission for this do-over. Make a commitment to not bring more things into your home after you have released what it is that you're releasing. After I have got my home to a space where I feel like everything mostly has a place, I have to manage what comes in and out because things do. Um, it has drastically changed my relationship with purchasing and also even when people try to give me things nice things I know I don't have a surface for it my surfaces are full real estate is full okay <laughs> someone's gonna give me a vase I already have slightly more vases than I need but I do have places for them but just barely I don't if I want a new vase I have to get rid of another vase right so if someone's giving even if it's so generous and it's so lovely I could say I don't have the space for it. Thank you so much. But no, and say no. Other Instead of just bringing it home and I don't know, and then putting it somewhere, shoving it or sticking it somewhere, feeling the guilt of it, feeling the guilt of the consumption of the fact that I couldn't say no. Like, and then that person is like, oh, they love that last vase I gave them. Someone else might give you one. She loves vases. Like, it's a slippery slope. It's not easy. Be so kind to yourself around this. But Think more about what you're going to do moving forward. 
Yes, if you can recycle. Yes, if you can give away, donate somewhere appropriate. Yes, if you have toxic materials, find the appropriate place, get some help, do what you can. But think of it more as like reducing harm instead of being perfect about this, right? Because this is something that we face for sure. Some people are really happy to throw things in the garbage. It still is so difficult for me to do. So now when I'm out, not necessarily even shopping, but if there's something that's going to enter my home, I think like... Am I willing to be the caretaker of this? Will this be something that I eventually regretfully throw out or donate, right? Sometimes things aren't donatable, right? Okay, so that's number five. It's a big one. I feel like I could do a whole episode just on that. And my relationship with that is, oh, it's uncomfortable. And I'm, and I'm, I'm working with the piece around it. But I know the difference that it made in my health to give myself that permission I hope to give that permission to someone out there who is struggling, who really just needs to be like, you know what? No one's looking. Put it in a garbage bag. Get it out of here. And then be, don't, you know, just forget about it. Be conscious about that and the impact when you move forward. Okay. Number six, if there are items that you have to sell as you declutter, Um, decide in advance. You might just love that. And if you love that, just go for it, right? I hear Facebook Marketplace has been really successful for people or whatever's going on online where you can buy and sell things. Um, Poshmark and whatever. Um, (laughs) So if you don't love that, though, if that is a chore that you will put off, if you have a pile of things that you think, I could get money for this, and then that pile is going to sit somewhere in your hallway for months and causing more strain and dread. Okay, that's for you then. I want you to decide what's it worth having a minimum value of what you're willing to sell. So if you're like, if this, if I think I could realistically get 50 bucks, I will put the effort in to sell it because it's like taking a picture, writing a post, emailing strangers, getting stood up. Like there might be, think of the time that it's going to, that's going to ask of you. It's not like the money just appears if you think that that bag is worth 50 bucks. The money doesn't just show up. This, There is some work involved. What is your time worth? Will you enjoy this? Is there someone else in your life that loves this, that can take a cut? You know, you can give them that project. That might be great if you have like teenagers, right? Um, but deciding in advance so that when you're decluttering and you're sorting things out, if you pick up something, go, oh yeah, someone might buy this. Um do I really think I could get 50? And then if not, let it be a gem in the donation pile. Maybe you've been that person who shops at Value Village or, you know, some kind of secondhand store or swap and you find like a beautiful item, a plus size item, an item that is barely used, an item that is like hand felted. And you're like, how did this even end up here? And you just, it's a treasure. Imagine that you are now like giving that treasure to some someone that you don't know. It's like, it's a wonderful thing. Let it be a great free find for them. Let yourself have that satisfaction and the freedom of having it out of your home, right? This is like where it's going to take some self-knowledge for you to decide your own energy, your own willingness. If you really hate the hassle and the bargain, even if it's worth 50 bucks, like just, you know, I don't know if you're in the kind of space where you have garage sales where you're from, but, or if you can put out things on the curb, Decide what it's worth for you, right? Is the is it is the hypothetical money more important than 
fast relief from having to deal with this item. So having a a number, super helpful. Number seven, as you declutter, have a list of questions handy to help you because (laughs) I'll never forget the time I was helping an ex-boyfriend declutter and he asked one of the worst questions ever, which was, could this be something? He held up something. I don't know what it was, something he'd found on the curb. It was a part of something else. And he was like, could this be anything? And I'm like, Do not ask that question, especially to a creative person. (laughs) Of course it could. And then you're not going to throw away anything, right? Um, So having some good questions on hand, and I've I've jotted down a few of my favorites. Here's one. Um, If you could secretly have a fairy (laughs) come into your house in the middle of the night and just make this item disappear where you never had to deal with it again, would you secretly hope that happened? Even for something like, oh my God, those are my grandmother's sweaters. Like sometimes it's, there's a meaningful item and you love it and you, uh, it's so hard. But you're like, you know what though? If it was just stolen, I'd be okay. And I'd, I'd, I kind of would love the relief of not even having to make the decision. That is just helpful, right? Helpful to know how you really feel and that you would be fine without it. Um, Do you value this item more than the space it occupies? Thinking of your home, your living space, your your room as real estate, right? There's a value to this. If you're paying rent, if you're paying a mortgage, every little bit of space you are, that's that's rent, right? For this vase to be sitting there, right? Um, Would you rather have a nice, clean countertop? Um, Because that gives you a, a certain kind of Mm, little tingle when you walk into this, the room or would you rather like walk in and you know see this item sitting there every day right like this is how you know um this can be a helpful question uh moving <laughs> moving along would you buy it again okay you got a dress at a clothing swap you got a dress at a secondhand store or even like a really high-end store um if you didn't have it and you saw it today Would you buy it and bring it home? That helps you see like, is this actually something that I'm interested in right now? Would I actually spend the money on it right now? I had some like things I got at a secondhand store like 10, 15 years ago. And I was like, if if I saw it again in a secondhand store, I probably wouldn't try it on. Well, that's a really good thing to know. Um, Is this a part of the next phase of your life? Think of your future self. Maybe you joined us in Hello Future Me, the workshop that I did in the fall. Having a relationship with your future self is amazing when you're decluttering because that person will know <laughs> if if this item is at all relevant to who they became, who they're becoming, right? Well, they'd be like, oh my God, you're never going to make croissants. Get rid of that equipment. Get rid of that whatever. You don't bake. You can just sell that. You can give that to your friend who loves to bake. Like, trust me, we're not baking anytime in the next 10 years, right? Ask your future self. You might get a really clear answer that could be super helpful. And, you know, that just in case, what if I need it later? Well, could you easily borrow or replace the item for, let's say, 20 bucks or less if if you needed it later? You might not, but if you could easily be like, well, I mean, I had some power to, I had tools and it's like, am I using them that often? Could I find someone with a drill <laughs> if I really wanted to d- use a drill? I, I could. I don't need to be storing. It's not even the, the cost of the drill, but the storage space, the real estate in an apartment for 
power tools, you know, it's like you got to be using them on the regular. All right. Number eight, low hanging fruit. Yes. Start with the easiest thing. First, take your before picture and then do the, the first run of the obvious trash, the obvious hell no. I was once attempting another attempt at my closet and I thought uh, I got the idea to, to fill up these uh, inventory sheets of every single item. Like, what is it? What's it for? How many of these things do I have? When was the last time I wore it? You know, and I was coming across items I couldn't be bothered to write down. Like, are you really going to be like, oh, one pair of socks that almost has holes in it and I never wear them because I'm always afraid that when I put them on, this will be the day that they rip. Like, <laughs> I was like, why am I writing this down? These are just going, right? Let them become a rag. Let them become a craft project. Let them go somewhere else. Um, so yes, do the low hanging fruit every, you know, layer by layer. It'll really help you move. And the more you see the progress, it's so exciting. It'll give you the confidence to keep going. So speaking of inventory, that was a nice big game changer also. Um, I think I first got that from a woman who calls herself the minimal mom, I think, on YouTube, I think. And um, she was talking about inventory and I was like, yes, this is the metaphor I needed because there is a cost to managing inventory. There is a cost. You think you're not spending anything on the stuff you already bought, but you are, you're doing it energetically. You're doing it financially. You might need a bigger home because of all the inventory you have. You might need a bigger apartment. What if you could downsize if you had a lot less things that you were storing for one day or storing from the past archives, right? What, like, what do you actually need? And if you were a business, if you and your home were a business and this was your inventory, you might be failing as a business because all of your money is getting drained by a warehouse that you don't even need, storing stuff that you can't even find. Like it's not even just the space. It's also the, you know, keeping things up to date, repairing things, thinking about them, the time it takes to find them. If you have a closet with tons of stuff and it's all on top of one another. And you're like, I know there's a black shirt in here that had some stitching that I really liked. Where's that? But if you also have a lot of black clothes, <laughs> you're like, it's going to take you a while to find it. Or you're going to need a huge closet. You might not have a huge closet or you might not want to do that. That's why the capsule wardrobe, which I do not do, by the way, but like, that's why it's so appealing, right? You're like, where's the black shirt? It's exactly there. <laughs> because I have 30 items and I can see all of them. Your time adds up, right? Every day as you're looking for something, you can't find your keys. You don't know if you did this thing or not. If you have too much inventory, if things are too crowded, um, it is costing you, right? So think, just think about that metaphor with your space and think about uh, if you were a business and you wanted to run a really tight ship and you're profit was time and ease. Um, how could you maximize that and lower the inventory? It's freedom, honestly. Um, okay. Number 10, right? The number 10 declutter first before you organize. Do not go to the container stores. Don't go to the dollar store and buy a bunch of baskets. Don't do that yet. It's so tempting, but trust me, you'll just want to fill them and you might be really surprised that you don't even need them. I was blown away by um, 
how many boxes, nice boxes. <laughs> I had saved because they'd be so great to store something in. And then I was like, wow, I have to part with these because I don't need them anymore. Declutter first. This is something that I think Marie Kondo, I think a lot of people talk about this. It is worth it. Do the big, deep decluttering first before and then see what you have. See what inventory you have and then buy suitable containers for the inventory you have. Not, um, you know, otherwise you're just you're just not going to do it right you're just going to fill things um you're going to shove things into spaces it won't be the appropriate um it won't be the appropriate container I did a switcheroo in my workspace and um it was so great because I had done all of this work already and so when I was looking online and I was picking at the shelving I wanted and kind of assembling a scenario it's an Ikea thing so I was like okay which uh how much how big do I need to go? How many drawers do I need? What would actually go in it? I had it all planned before I bought it. It wasn't like, oh yeah, that'll work and it'll be plenty of space. No, I knew exactly. I was like, I have a bunch of Oracle decks. I have a bunch of books. I have this microphone. I have, uh, what do I have? <laughs> Look at behind me. I have a, you know, dollhouse that I use as an altar that I know I want to have some space around like where's that going to go so I had that all planned out and I bought exactly what I needed it was incredibly satisfying to put this back together um so yes before before you start organizing remember the vision okay and declutter everything that's not part of that vision there's certainly plenty more tips, um, but those were the first 10 that came to mind that had probably the biggest impact on my journey. I'm so pleased with it. My conditions are so much more loving um, and I am so much more aware too of like the relationship between um, clutter and my home and my mental health and my brain health and my uh, ability to move and function. Um it's one of the best things I've done. I'm super proud of it. Bonus tips, of course, are always to be kind to yourself during this process, right? Um, take breaks if you need. Celebrate the small wins. Get the before and after photos. Share with a friend that you trust that will support you. Sometimes even having someone over and just holding up the items for you where you don't put your hands on it can be really helpful. Get help. If you want to also hire a professional, honestly, money so well spent if you find somebody that you really want to work with um, this kind of thing can be life-changing depending on how far along you are and how um, how much this this project or this stuff in your life is clouding who you want to be how free you want to feel how you want to move through your own home and move through the world and be in your body it's very powerful stuff um and lastly, while you're doing it, I really loved listening to audiobooks and podcasts specifically about decluttering. It just kept me motivated. Uh, it helped me like, you know, gave me some new ideas, uh, made me feel like I was in good company. I think that there are probably groups that you could sign up for that do this. But on YouTube, there's videos where it's like declutter with me and people clean up while <laughs> you're cleaning up. And it's like this nice little um company uh, if you don't have someone that you can do that with like over zoom or facetime right 
So there you have it. I hope I can, you can, can you tell from my voice <laughs> how much of a nerd I am for this? I love it so much. Um, and you know, I love helping people with that. So I am someone that you can also reach out to. Self-love coaching isn't just about, you know, the whole like bubble bath situation, right? It's like, it could be a project like this framed as, you know, this is what I'm doing for my self-love is I'm making space for myself. Um, It's in all the areas of your life. And I find that with that meaning, um, I just felt so cared for by myself when I did it. And um, it's been, it's been really just so rewarding and I'm very happy with it. Um, I love tending to my home now that I have reached that threshold, that sleepover threshold, that vision that I had about how it might be. And I would love for you to have that same feeling. It did take me a long time. You might not do it in a weekend, but you can do a drawer and that can give you a taste of it. And remember that it's the direction that you're going in, right? This might be a longer, more rewarding journey that will take some time. Um, That little drawer is like just a step in that direction to remind you and give you that feeling and increase that feeling of you, the thriving plant that you are (laughs) in the conditions that are the absolute best for your growth and for your joy. Dear listener, I wish you a wonderful transition into this new year. I wish you hope. I wish you space. I wish you freedom. You are someone worth loving. And of course, it all starts with you. And it can all start with one drawer. (laughs) So thank you for sharing your time here. I hope this was helpful. Take good care. I will talk to you soon.